Section twenty nine of Pantrophion. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, BC. Pantrophion by Alexis Soyer. Drinking Cups if men were wiser the nineteenth century would probably not have seen a beneficent apostle preaching temperance everywhere and making his name cherished and celebrated by a series of successes which could hardly have been expected numerous societies of hydropotes or teetotalers would not alarm in our days those joyful disciples of bacchus temple hydrophobes by profession by taste and interest who sincerely bewail the desertion of newly made abstemious members and no person would promise by a solemn and formidable pledge to forego the drinking of anything but water the abuse must have been very great since it was necessary to have recourse to such a remedy it is true that the evil had taken deep root and that the most ancient people the gods and the heroes have left us examples of the dangerous seduction the synthinians the celts iberians and thracinians were confirmed drunkards the wise nestor himself who was so good a match for agamemnon often felt some difficulty in finding his tent alexander the great slept some time two days and two nights after having paid too much devotion to the god of good cheer and philip his father very frequently left the table with a very heavy head and staggering legs it is reported that dionysus the younger tyrant of sicily lost his sight through drinking too much which will not be wondered at if what is supposed be true that this miserable man was drunk every day without fail for three months together shall we mention tiberius surnamed by the army biberius tippler who after he became emperor passed the days and nights drinking with flaccus and piso at the very time they were working at the reformation of the romans this pagan solomon having to choose from among several very distinguished candidates who offered themselves for quaetorship preferred the least known because he had drunk a whole pitcher of wine which the prince himself had condescended to fill intoxication with the greeks was noted as belonging to low company if we are to judge by certain personages whom asius and sophiles did not fear to bring on the stage and who struck each other with vases a thing which the modern theatre had judiciously banished homer is more reserved for achilles after copious libations only threw a neat's foot at ulysses head which probably was not of much consequence the fact is 
that the ancients did not at all profess the same principles that we do respecting intemperance hippocrates himself advised men to seek mirth now and then in wine seneca recommends us to drown cares and fatigue in it and musius decorates with crowns of flowers the foreheads of the sages who sitting by the side of plato at all new banquets should find in continual drunkenness the sweetest reward for their virtues a singular bliss which only reason in delirium could have imagined we have spoken of the delicious beverage which was so costly a seduction to choice epicureans who took merit to themselves for not resisting it for this reason it was necessary to invent vessels worthy of containing it and art encouraged by luxury produced those magnificent vases of which ostentatious antiquity had only left us a faint idea the cups of the homeric times were all equal capacity one of them was offered to each guest but several were offered to persons of high distinction the greeks thought much of their cups for them they were sacred relics from father to son and were only used on certain solemnities thus epidius delivers the most frightful imprecation against his son polynetics who had presented at a common repast the cup of his ancestors that of nestor was so large that a young man could hardly carry it as to him he lifted it up without the slightest difficulty the athenians drank from cups in the shape of horns wax vases were sufficient for the spaniards the gaul who had thrown down an urus wild ox took his horns decorated them with silver and gold rings and made his guests drink out of them often the skull of an enemy killed in single combat was transformed into a cup of honor and reminded a gallic family of the memorable action of a valiant ancestor the first cups of the romans were made of horns or of an earthenware of samos those conquerors of the world had not yet enervated their manly courage with the luxurious spoils of conquered nations afterwards some very simple ones were made of beech wood or elder these possessed a marvellous property which they ought to have always preserved the wine only escaped from them and they retained the water which had been mixed with it but rome always tired of its austere simplicity and its disdain for the greek cups of glass and crystal soon began to desire something finer those magnificent chalices masterpieces of patience and skill in which gold and silver were amalgamated with a more brittle material were soon in much request and appeared worthy of their renown but it is to be observed that the crystal of which the most precious cups were made had not the slightest similarity to that which we make use of now and which the least shock will break 
it was flexible and malleable it might be thrown on the pavement with impunity and remained unhurt here is on this subject a curious anecdote which has been left to us by petronius a certain skilled workman used to make crystal vases as strong as vases of gold and silver he produced an incomparable masterpiece it was a chalice of astonishing beauty which he thought worthy of caesar only and which he felt a pride in offering to him tiberius highly praised the skill and the rich present of the artist this man wishing to increase still more the admiration of the prince and secure his favours to a greater degree begged of him to give back the vase he then threw it with all his might on the marble pavement of the apartment the hardest metal could never have resisted this terrible shock caesar appeared moved and was silent the artist with a triumphant smile picked up the vase which had only a slight dent and which by striking it with the hammer soon brought to its original state this being done no doubt remained on his mind that he had conquered the good graces of the emperor and the esteem of an astonished court tiberius asked him if he was the only one who knew how to work crystal in so remarkable a manner the workman immediately answered that no one possessed his secret very well said caesar let his head be struck off without loss of time for if this strange invention were known gold and silver would very soon have not the least value thus did the emperor tiberius encourage artists and the arts there were besides cups made of the most pure crystal the brittleness of which seems to have added to their price and which were paid for dearer than gold and precious stones but much less however than those famous murine vases which have so long exercised the useless sagacity of ancient commentators among the rich spoils that pompey conqueror of mithridates and master of part of asia ostensibly displayed in his triumph the romans for the first time admired vases and cups the material and workmanship of which surpassed all that the imagination could fancy the most graceful and delicate they were much in request the price was exorbitant and thenceforth they were indispensable one of the ancient consuls thought himself too happy to give only a little more than six thousand pounds for one of those marines such was the name given to the brittle and rare novelty petronius paid for a large basin twenty eight thousand pounds and nero spent the like sum for a vase with two handles which he forgot two days afterwards the marine cups appeared on the table with the wine of the hundred leaves and the falerian was poured into them so as to preserve all the generous delicacy of its odour the marines were 
much sought after on account of their form and brilliant transparency they were made of mother of pearl according to bellon but others say of agate their dimensions however would incline one to doubt it saliger cardin and madame dacier thought that the ancients gave unheard-of prices for simple porcelain vases which were precious on account of their rarity this opinion which several modern literati have adopted rests plausibly enough it appears on one verse of Proparitus, in which this poet speaks of marine cups baked in the furnace of the parthenians it has been said that perhaps the parthenians learnt from the chinese how to make porcelain but this supposition entirely void of proof has been contradicted in a most peremptory manner by the author of a very curious book who demonstrates irrefragably that the marines were not of porcelain but of stones of the species of onyx the following fact will leave but very little doubt on that subject in seventeen ninety one the constituent national assembly appointed a commission to make an inventory and valuation of all objects in the guard meuble of the crown they found among other very beautiful sardonyx two very antique vases one made in the form of an ewer ten inches in height and four inches in diameter having its handle cut out of the same piece and the second hollowed out as a bowl ten inches in diameter which was recognized as real marines beautiful white and blue veins and other shades circulated about the bowl without interfering with its semi-transparency the bottom was of the same color as the ewer the jewelers estimated these vases at six thousand pounds each although there was nothing engraved in the hollow nor in relief but merely on consideration of the beauty of the material the fineness of the polish and the difficulty that must have attended the hollowing out of the ewer these valuations would appear exaggerated if it were not known that the antique vase of the duke of brunswick which formerly belonged to the dukes of mantua in 1631 and made of sardonyx in the cruet shape was valued at a hundred and fifty thousand german crowns or dollars of three shillings four pennies the relief engraving represented the mysteries of Suris and bacchus but it had no primitive handle and the diameter was only two inches and a half by the side of these inestimable marines was were standing very graceful chalices of amber the prodigious workmanship of which absolutely gave to them a most arbitrary value but which romans prodigally never found too high silver cups engraved were also nearly as much esteemed when they came from the hands of some well-known workmen such as myos mentor or myron they were even preferred to gold cups unless 
these latter were enriched with precious stones all these vases presented still greater varieties in their forms than in the materials employed there were very large ones some narrow some oblong many ornamented with two handles others had only one some were much like tympanon or zof a musical instrument of the ancient hebrews a small boat or ewer in one word the greek or roman artist never listened to anything but his own fancy and was then far from supposing that he was preparing very long and wakeful hours of study to many aquarians zealous to explain seriously the strange wanderings of a fantastical imagination end of section twenty nine recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c